Hey, howdy, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Villa Theory. This time, another episode in a, uh, a series about kids and family, and in particular, the start of the lives of our kids. Uh, we're going to talk about the differences in our experiences between home birth and hospital birth. Uh, we have <clears throat> the two different experiences, both of them, that we can compare and contrast and share with you uh, our yeah, our experience with that. Today, I am uh, sitting here midday enjoying a cup of peppermint tea that I know Nicole is also drinking. Me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty refreshing. It is. And warming. It's like, mm-hmm. is it, it feels like fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it is. Which it is. I'm really excited to talk about home birth today. It's been a long time since we've really shared our story with anyone and since we've really talked about it mm-hmm. at all. But it's come up a little bit recently because Logan, who is our youngest and is the one who was born at home, mm-hmm. is, has been going through some photos. Um, and so it just kind of stirred up some memories. So I think it was a great idea. Yeah. I think uh, it when you haven't gone through home birth and you haven't like done a bunch of research about it. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like a foreign odd concept. Like what? You're just having your baby like at home, like in the kitchen or in the bathtub mm-hmm. or totally. Where does this whole situation happen? Yeah. Um so hopefully we can come out from the shadows and yes. share some of our uh to share our experience and why um we loved it so much mm-hmm. and maybe try to answer any questions that you might have that I tried to come up with on my own that I thought would be um just the typical questions. Um just to begin, our first, we did have traditionally, I guess, in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our second was born at home. Um, and just like right out of the gate, if we were to do it again, mm-hmm. which we will not be doing it again, but <laughs> if we were to do it again, which would you choose? Oh, nice mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on a lot of factors. It really does. I think it depends on your level of comfort with the midwife and how healthy you are as the mom. And if like all the prenatal checkups have been going well and smoothly and you're Mm -hmm. feeling like this is going to be a healthy, smooth birth. Mm Um, also I wanted, like, should we tell people that we're not medical professionals? Like we, (laughs) this is not medical advice. Mm -hmm. This is just us sharing our experience. What happened, um, for us. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So are you avoiding the question? No, I just, I just said (laughs) it would depend. Um, really? You're not strong one way or the other? No, I think the answer. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, that's Um, fine. You got a little cut. I know. I'm, I'm bleeding. Here. here. Okay. Thank you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. Bug bite or something. Yeah. Uh, I hear what you're saying. We've moved since we've had the home birth. We're not living in the same place. Some medical things have happened with me. I'm also older. A lot of factors have changed. Yeah. I think when, so a couple, a couple of things that I was thinking about when we were deciding to have Logan at home Mm -hmm. was that your labor and birth of Grayson Mm -hmm. went super smoothly. Mm -hmm. You uh, were really healthy. And we were, again, confident that you were going to have a healthy, smooth birth. Or we thought that you were going to have a healthy, smooth birth. Yeah, it was low risk. Again, yeah, low Mm -hmm. risk. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so that all contributed to me being comfortable and willing to take the risk of having the baby at home. Got it. Without like the medical, full on 100% medical support staff right right there. Yeah. So there are a few different options for how you can give birth to your child, I guess. You can choose to have your baby in a hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. You can choose to have your baby at home, or there's also birth centers. They, I think due to like, so every state is going to be different when it comes to the rules and regulations of home birth and birth centers. Um, And I know we were living in the Bay when we had Logan, San Francisco area, and they, they, there was some rule or something, they couldn't have birth centers, which is crazy, but a birth center is basically like... I think a nice like healthy cross between the two. It's designed in such a way that it's like a home. So each room is more like a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um but they still have a lot of the machines and equipment that you might expect in a hospital and in birth centers they're usually run by um midwives or sometimes even OBGYNs. Um so that is a I think a really great option if those mm-hmm. are in your area. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to flip the question on you. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Where would you have a baby? If so. Okay. I, I agree with you. Um, it really does depend on circumstances, (laughs) but like 100% my experience with the home birth was way better Mm -hmm. than my experience in the hospital. Yes. I am now a little bit older and I've had some surgery that would make me high risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I'm a candidate anymore mm. to have a home birth, but absolutely. If I could, I would choose home birth. You would. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what mm-hmm. about the third option though? The birth center? I think that that's a great option as well. We just don't have any. Okay. If, if one was available to mm-hmm. us though, would you have? No, I still would choose home birth. You would. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was really nice. Let's, let's talk about like the reasons why. Should we share the reasons why we uh, liked it or? Yeah, well, I can just give first the stats for pros okay. for having yeah, home birth. Some numbers here. Um, you're less likely to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, one study showed that. Uh, so when you have a home birth, I mean, the goal of everybody is for safe mom, safe baby. So sometimes that requires transferring to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so in this study, they found that those who did transfer, um, 5% of them ended up in C-section. So basically, if you have a home birth, the rate of C-section is about 5%. If you have a hospital birth, the rate of C-section is 30%, which is... Wow, that's huge. Crazy difference. Um, they also... When you're at home, you might feel more safe than you do when you're in a hospital just because... The hospital is a strange environment. Um, and so if you feel more comfortable, then there is a really good chance that your labor is going to progress faster because that's the way your body works. It wants you to be in a very calm state in order to dilate faster and get that baby out of you. Um, also, generally, when you're at home, you have more time to let the labor progress naturally Um you're not on the schedule of the doctor. Sometimes the doctor is like, I've got an appointment at this time. We really mm-hmm. need to get you out of here. I have a flight. Uh-huh. It's the weekend. Yes. I need to get this one in the books. So I have a date. <laughs> let's, you know, let's introduce some interventions to try to get you to go faster. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're at home, uh, the midwife under safe conditions will give your body more time to just 
naturally get the baby out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we didn't know a lot about home birth when we had our first child. We did watch the movie The Business of Being Born. Mm-hmm. We highly recommend it. It does kind of open your eyes to how uh, hospitals really run like a business. They are there to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it started out with good intentions, but right now it seems very much like how can we get the most bang for our buck? And they are also in the habit of treating very sick people. And a pregnant person in labor is not a sick person. Like that is a very natural thing that's been happening since the dawn of time, since yep. the dawn of humans. Yep. Um, so to be treated like something is going wrong is already like the wrong frame of mind. Yep. Um, and there's something else. Was, oh, also like, I kind of feel like doctors are trained to, like, that birth is scary. Like, it's something can go wrong at any second, and they've kind of instilled that in us. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas a midwife's frame of mind is very different. She knows of all the possibilities and is trained in how to treat anything that comes up. Mm -hmm. But it's more like, let's let your body do what it was meant to do. And Mm -hmm. just, like, that change really, I think, affects the labor process. I agree. <clears throat> the one the one thing that I would push back a little bit on, and that might be a counter-argument, is mm-hmm. that um, before we had medical interventions available, like yes. a lot more babies would die and that is mothers true. would die. It's very true. And so. it, there's definitely an, a necessary place yeah. for hospitals and birth. But there's Absolutely. definitely like a natural way to do it, and mm-hmm. like a safe and natural way to do it. Oh man, spam Sorry. call, spam call after Apparently spam this call. Sound like, is on my computer. <laughs> millions of spam calls. Somebody's already calling outrageous. I know. <laughs> no, I don't agree with you. It's the insurance, big insurance, big pharma coming to smack us down. Yeah. So anyway, we had uh, Grayson in the hospital, and it was pretty traumatic. I think. Uh, yeah, it was super traumatic. I think when you're when you have to be like strapped down to a bed, and you have all these. Mm-hmm needles and mm-hmm. heart rate monitors and hooks mm-hmm. and dongles and TV <laughs> monitors and fluorescent yeah. flashing lights like you're in a and you people know. coming in and out mm-hmm. I, there's like 500 people yeah. there and mm-hmm. and maybe when you show up maybe the OB is booked like every every room yep. is taken you end up having your baby on the floor <laughs> in like a dirty hospital <laughs> okay probably <laughs> right, not, that's not that, how but, it happened but, but when we showed up they were out of rooms they did not have a room to put yeah. us in and so they put us in the like triage room yeah. Yeah. Which was the, fine, but in the stable. not ideal. <laughs> yeah, they put us in the stable. Yeah. Um, and then I get there and I'm like, oh, great. There's my doctor. Yay. Like we researched her. We had interviewed her at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We had asked her specific questions. She knew our birth plan. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm finishing up the night shift. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. So then I was in the hands of whoever else was on her team in her office, which did not end up working in our favor. Um, and we just happened to have a weird experience where when my water finally broke, there was meconium, which is baby poo, which can sometimes freak people out because the baby could be ingesting it. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just a couple of like freak incidents that I think kind of got everybody on edge. Mm-hmm. And 
and well, um, there was like there was a monitoring issue, right? Like the right. monitor wasn't attached properly, and so it mm-hmm. seemed like the heart rate was going down. Mm-hmm. But if there was no monitor at all, right, there wouldn't have been we a way to tell that. that the heart rate was going down. But having a false positive made people on edge and like kind of uh, moving with urgency unnecessarily. Yeah, and so I think a nurse freaked out and called a C-section, like yelled for the doctor. The doctor came running. By the time the doctor got there, the nurse had found that the heartbeat was totally fine. They had put a little probe on his head. Turns out it was probably just the monitor slipped or something. Anyway, then the doctor gets there and the doctor's like, why am I here? I, um, you know, I have other patients to be seeing in the office right now. So then she's like, well, I'll wait. And anyway, it just, I don't know, it kind of just set like a bad tone. And I was in this most uncomfortable position. I was mm-hmm. on my back. I was screaming. They don't let you move around. It was yeah. so awful. So then the OB did give me an episiotomy, mm-hmm. did not tell me that that was going to be happening. So I don't just overall, it was not the best experience. I know that better experiences can definitely happen in the hospital, but for us, it just wasn't fantastic. It didn't really align with what we wanted. After doing all of the research, we really wanted to try to have a birth that was unmedicated just to try to give me and baby the safest and best outcomes. So and you did do it unmedicated, right? Yeah. yeah. I was also traumatized. Begging for, <laughs> yeah. begging for medication. And I mean, I ended up just with a anything. whole bunch of stitches because she gave me that cut. So yeah. it was just not ideal. So... Next time around, we had fully intended to still have a hospital birth, but while we were interviewing doulas, because we had moved and couldn't use the same one, mm-hmm. uh, they had said, like, well, why don't you have a hospital birth? A home or, birth. I mean, a home birth. Yeah. And CJ was like, because it's too messy. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, if that's your only reason, you should you should consider it. Because first off, if it is messy, you don't have to clean anything. We clean everything. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't seem like reason enough. When Grayson was born, it was a murder scene. There was, was. blood and like <laughs> fluids that sprayed over the entire room. It was on the ceiling. It was everywhere. Mm. It was like an explosive <laughs> water balloon of guck and body fluids that it went was. everywhere. It yeah. was it totally was. Yeah. So anyway, we decided to try we, it. Yeah, I, I want to. Can we wind back a little yeah, bit? Yeah, go for it. Um, I wanted to call out that we used a doula for both. Yes, the home birth and the hospital birth. Yes. Can you tell us what a doula is? A doula is somebody who supports you. Um, in this a birth doula specifically, would be someone who will meet with you during pregnancy and get to know you and figure out what you want from this birth? Do you want any interventions? Are you okay with epidurals? Do you want to go unmedicated? And if you have questions, she can help you. Like, well, what happens if I get an epidural? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And how will I feel? She can answer all of those questions for you. And so together you come up with a plan that you feel comfortable with. Basically, she's just empowering you. And then during labor, it's very easy to forget what you wanted. And so she is just there to gently remind you mm-hmm. when you are when you've decided like, oh, I didn't I don't want any pain medication. And then there you are in the thick of it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Please mm-hmm. just give me whatever. And she might just be like, hey, 
that's totally fine. But remember, we talked about this. You said this. Is that still what you want? Just kind of like helping keep you with what you wanted originally. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they're great for partners. I mean, what was your experience with the doula? Because I've heard people say, like, well, I don't need a doula. I have my partner, which mm-hmm. can be true, but they don't take over for the partner. Like, they just enhance it. Yeah, I think you're right. From from the mom's perspective, she is there to help, like, keep you on the path that you had planned before. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's also just... Um, and you kind of you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I, I feel like they are an excellent resource for understanding the options that are available to you, mm-hmm. and also helpful in like um, having experienced a bunch of births, mm-hmm. sharing with you different tactics and techniques for soothing and for like um, she had like all those little kind of like chew toy things. <laughs> They're not chew toys, but they were like she had like a bag of tricks that right. was like okay, let's try this warm sock salt thingy mm-hmm. and see if that helps soothe the pain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, I'm, they kind of just like come in with the experience of having seen and done a lot with birth and mm-hmm. can help you through, uh, help you by advising you on what they have seen work in the past. Yeah. So for example, one, one thing was uh, like walking around on the sidewalk or like, Oh yeah. You walked down the sidewalk with like one foot on the sidewalk and one foot on the ground and like, like odd little things like that and like positions. Um, they just have like a ton of experience with that. Also they've been to the hospital many times before. Mm -hmm. So they, they probably know the nurses and they know, um, what's allowed and where the light switches are and how to like move the bed into a position that might be more comfortable. They know where the apple juice is, which is pretty much the only thing you're allowed to have when you go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to eat or drink hardly anything. Um, so just having someone there that already knows that I just feel like makes it so much more comfortable. Yeah. I think the way that I might explain it and I don't, I've never heard this analogy before, but I think it might be kind of like going on a, going to a foreign country mm-hmm. by yourself. Like if you, if you don't have a doula, it's like you land in a foreign country and you're trying to navigate this new foreign country by yourself mm-hmm. versus going with a guide who can help like point out the best restaurants yep. and tell you like, Oh, you, you want to stay in this hotel, not this one. Cause this area of town is bad. Like they kind of just, help navigate the process, Mm -hmm. um, both like prenatal and during labor and also postnatal, they come over and help like give some tips around breastfeeding and wrapping the baby. And, Mm -hmm. um, they, they act as, uh, for me, it was also really helpful because, uh, the doula would like look over at me and give me like, a glance of like, okay, now it's time to rub her back this way. Or like, now it's time to hold her hand and now it's time to do whatever. Whereas otherwise I would just be like standing there, like stunned at the like right. trauma and chaos. <laughs> that so was she, happening. Yeah. She was just yeah. kind of like, uh, yeah, an advocate. So, mm-hmm. um, we, <clears throat> yeah, we, we had doulas recommend. both times. We did. Yeah. And we really, really highly recommend having a doula. If you, if you're in Northern Nevada and you need recommendations, we have tons. If you're in the Bay Area and you need recommendations, we have tons. And uh, San Diego. San Diego. One of our doulas moved oh, there. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, yes, we would love to pass on their names. Um, so we highly recommend a doula. Once you have one, you will not regret it. And yeah. I mean, yeah, we had one the second time, even though and we'd done it before. You can definitely like interview 
doulas. Yes, you can go absolutely. through the process, check out a few of them, sit down, have coffee with them, chat with them and see what their experience is and <clears throat> see if they kind of like gel with you and have chemistry with you. And you want to make sure your partner and your doula get along because yeah. they're the ones who are going to be hanging out and communicating the most during yeah. this process. That was advice that was given to me that I think was great. Yeah. So anyway, while we were interviewing doulas, they recommended maybe we should check out home birth. And I was like, okay, let, let's just see. Mm-hmm. So I called up a midwife and um, she came over to our house so I could interview her. And I just fell in love. She <laughs> answered all of my questions. She made me feel so comfortable. Um, again, you can interview midwives. Um, they are generally, so again, it's different based on where you live, but generally they are a CPM, which is a certified professional midwife. Um, they're not, they're not just some like hippie off the street. Like they have gone through a ton of training on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they are certified by NARM, which is North American registry of midwives. And so I was researching their website and trying to figure out like all of the different things that they have to go through for training. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a bit, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I pulled a couple of things that I wanted to read. Their definition of a CPM is someone who's a knowledgeable, skilled and professional independent, independent midwifery practitioner who has met the standards for certification set by NARM and is qualified to provide the midwife's model of care. The CPM is the only national credential that requires knowledge about and experience in out-of-hospital settings. So they have to pass um, one of the education courses. They have to do clinical training. They have to pass a written exam, which I read is like seven hours long. Um, And then the midwifery model of care that it was speaking of before, I really really liked the definition of this. Can I read it real yeah, quick? Yeah, okay. let's hear it. The midwife's model of care is based on the fact that pregnancy and birth are normal life events. The midwife's model of care includes monitoring the physical, uh, let's say psychological, yeah. and social well-being of the mother throughout the childbearing cycle, providing the mother with individualized education, counseling and prenatal care, continuous hands-on assistance during labor and delivery and postpartum support, Minimizing technological interventions and identifying and referring women who require obstetrical attention. The application of this model has been proven to reduce the incidence of birth injury, trauma, and cesarean section. They, I mean, I feel like they are there for mind, body, and everything else. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're more than just like, how can we get this baby out of you safely? Um, My midwife would sometimes make me cry when she would just come and do her checkups she'd be like so how are you doing and oh good i'm fine no nicole how are you doing in your heart (laughs) i would be like oh my gosh (laughs) and then i would just you know talk and vent to her and she was there to listen Mm -hmm. so i really appreciated that um generally it looks similar to when you have an ob um it depends on the midwife and her practice but um, for the first, I think like 30 weeks, you'll go to maybe her office mm-hmm. and do your checkups at the same interval that you would with an OBGYN. So um, every four weeks at the beginning and it's the same, you know, she sends out um, lab work. I mean, you do everything basically the same. I think yeah. she will also send, if you want, you can opt not to do this, but you can also be sent out to do ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time that we decided to 
have a home birth. I was already past 30 weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that. Okay. I thought we yeah. had chosen earlier than that. No. I remember that you were like in process with an OB Definitely. doing prenatal stuff, uh-huh. but I can't, I, I, I didn't realize it was so far along by the time we had decided. Yeah, I was that. pretty far along. So, um, she would come over for all of our visits, which is also amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause I was at home with the kids then or kid, I guess, yeah. <laughs> one child then. Um, and so we'd schedule out our normal visits and she would just come over to the house and I'd lay on the couch and she'd measure my belly and she'd listen to the heartbeat and she'd talk to Grayson and let Grayson help out if he wanted. It was just very comforting, very nurturing. We also would go through nutrition. She asked me what I'd been eating, we checked weight. And then, you know, I could ask her any questions I wanted. Like what what do you think this is going to look like? And she'd tell me what other experiences of other women were like. And, um, and she had a backup and yes. So like there was, it wasn't just a midwife and a doula. There were like a team, there were two doulas and two midwives and like, Mm -hmm. like a whole backup system in case, um, something went down and like someone was sick or Mm -hmm. out of town or whatever. So the way that it looks is, um, if you have a doula when you're doing home birth is when you go into labor, you call your doula and your doula comes over whenever you feel like you, you need them. And then you keep, I mean, I have and had my midwife's personal phone number. So I'm like texting her, like I'm having contractions, this, they're this apart. Um, she's like, okay, do you need me to come over yet? And I'm like, no, I think I'm still like, I still need some more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the doula came over and then the doula then can also contact the midwife. Um, and so the doula came over and she helps try to get contractions progressing a little bit more. And then I got to a point where I'd locked myself in a bathroom and I was sobbing (laughs) (laughs) and she texts the midwife and was like, yeah, she's sobbing in the bathroom, probably time to come over. And so then the midwife comes over and she immediately does her checks. She comes over with like, two or three 30 or 40 pound bags full of things she's trained in like resuscitation and suctioning mm-hmm. should any of that need it's like huge paramedic bags mm-hmm. that have like a ton of emergency equipment in case that is needed yes yeah i mean again like the goal is for everyone to be safe. Yep. The goal is not that you have to birth at home. Yep. So should anything arise, like they're going to call paramedics. Yes. They're going to get you to the hospital. Like yep. that is number one priority. So she comes over, she did her first check, which is to listen to baby's heart and check my pulse. And she probably did a bunch of other things, but <laughs> I was in the thick of it at the time. Um, and then my water happened to break then. And so then she checks again for baby's heartbeat. Everything's fine. And then uh, in California, you have to have two CPMs at a birth. So she had always told me like, oh, I got to meet the second one yeah. beforehand too. Like she picked someone that she thought would go, I don't know, mesh well with yeah. her family. Yeah. And that she was like close with and had worked with in the past and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like. Um, so she came over before, way before, like we had met her, we knew who she was. Um, and then my midwife had told me like, you know, you're getting close to the end when I call that second gal over. Like she only mm-hmm. calls them when we're pretty close. Yeah. Um, so she, after she had checked the second time, she called that lady and I was like, yes, <laughs> we're almost done. Mm. Um, they don't generally do vaginal checks. You can request like Just to, to be checked. Yeah. yeah. But I thought that felt so much better 
better because I wasn't focused on a number. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm only at seven. I'm only at seven. Yep. It was instead just like going through the process. Um, and then you can pick wherever you want to push out the babies. So mm-hmm. for us, that happened to be in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, she had had us order a bunch of supplies. So we had like, they're called chucks, but the like. It's like, it's, uh, if you've ever seen Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the like rooms that he sets up, mm-hmm. the serial killer that he sets up when he's like murdering his victims. Yeah, um, it's not that advanced, but uh, it's pretty close. There was like plastic. Yeah, there mats we had a plastic cover and, for the mattress. Yeah. We had there's pads laid out, towels, equipment. I mean, there was so many things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you're in your home, you're in this most most safe place. Like mm-hmm. I was in my bedroom. That's yeah. just. I could adjust temperatures to whatever I needed. It was just wonderful. All I had to focus on really was getting this baby out of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then baby comes and um, you are almost immediately like whisked away into your bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they tuck you in and get you all settled. And the midwife We'll do a newborn check on the baby and stay for at least an hour to make sure that mom is recovering well and is safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple things mm-hmm. that came to mind as you were mm-hmm. going through that. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot that like one of the main benefits of having a doula is because they have all this experience with birth, they know when you have progressed to the point where you either need to go to the hospital or mm-hmm. when you need to call the midwife. Yes. That is a huge yes. value because if you don't know, then you may um, either go too early to the hospital and then they're going to like do all kinds of crazy interventions and try to like force the baby out or you'll go too late and mm-hmm. you'll have the baby in the parking lot or like, right. on the highway on the way there. That's, that was our number one concern with our first baby. Like CJ was like, I'm afraid you're not going to get there in time. And I was like, I'm afraid we're going to get there too early. Yeah. So it was amazing to just have our doula be like, mm, time to go. Yeah. Um, the other, so that, that came to mind. And then the other thing, do we want to talk about like what happens with like the cord and the placenta and all that after? Sure. Well, we can go go into like all that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you mean just for home birth? I mean, for both, right? Like for Grayson, we did, uh, we stored his cord blood. We did. Yeah. So, okay. At a hospital, generally what happens, unless you request something different, is that once baby comes out, the cord is immediately cut and then placenta eventually comes out and that's just tossed. I think some hospitals might like send a bit to pathology, but otherwise it's just medical waste. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you can request a couple of things. One of them is delayed cord clamping. So that means the cord and placenta remain attached to baby until it stops pulsating, Mm -hmm. which can be a few minutes. And so that means they're getting all... I mean, there's a lot of blood in the placenta. So they're getting all of that extra yummy nutrients. Mm -hmm. Oxygen and vitamins and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. We we did not know very much about that when we had Grayson. So Mm -hmm. his cord was cut immediately. And we had opted to store his cord blood so the doctor drew that and then we had to send it off to some blood blink somewhere (laughs) yeah so what is cord like why would we do that should we talk about like why we would like why we stored his cord blood yeah yeah go for it so um i don't know if i'm gonna get all the medical details here right but the gist is that in the umbilical cord the blood that's in there has like T cells or like mm-hmm. this very special kind of blood mm-hmm. that, um, you know, right now technology might not be where it will be 
in 10 years or 20 years from now, Mm -hmm. being able to like use your T cells to grow, um, to help like fight cancer or help maybe need like, I don't know, in the, in the future, you'll be able to use these special blood cells to do crazy things. Like maybe, I don't know, grow an ear in a Petri dish or something. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, and we had just had a family member go through cancer. So we were just feeling like we wanted to be prepared if that was at all a possibility. Should our kids have any, any illnesses illness. and there's tons of cancer and yeah. many families. And so it's really just like a, a precautionary measure. Mm-hmm. But so you, you put their, you take their uh, umbilical cord blood and you basically like drain it into a Ziploc bag and send it to like a <laughs> place that has like a bunch of freezers mm-hmm. and then they store it for you and you pay them like a monthly fee forever. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's basically it. it. Yeah. So that's what we did. And for home birth, we had learned more about delayed cord clamping and so the way that it worked at home is that the placenta just stays attached for as long as you want, really. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. There are some practices where they will have it stayed attached for a long time. Um, for us, we just had it stayed attached until we felt like he was not getting any more nutrients from it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that that was very long, maybe 30 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the doula or the midwife just cuts it the same way that... Um, it's cut in the hospital and then it can be disregarded. Um, like I think that the midwife can take it away for you and she has Special, medical waste yeah. that she can get rid of that stuff. Uh, however, I wanted to consume it. So um, I had it encapsulated, mm-hmm. which our doula happened to do. So our doula took it away. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what that looks like is... Um, it's dehydrated, so it's taken to wherever the doula processes it and, um, maybe just rinsed off a little bit, anything that's extra attached that doesn't need to be there and then sliced up and placed in a dehydrator, a like food grade, like you would dehydrate fruits or vegetables or meat or whatever. Beef jerky. Mm-hmm. to jerky. Mm-hmm. So it's dehydrated, um, for up to 24 hours and then um, it's pretty brittle at that point so then you can grind it up in a coffee grinder Mm -hmm. and then place it into capsules and then it's given back to the mom and there are a lot of health benefits to Mm -hmm. doing that Um, one of them being that it helps your milk come in faster another is that it helps your body heal any tearing faster also, the biggest one is um, that it helps with your um, hormone kind of imbalance. Mm-hmm. Your placenta is really helping your body process all of the hormones going on while you're making a baby, and that evacuates your body pretty quickly. So now your body is left on this like massive roller coaster of emotions. There's so many highs and so many lows, and so the placenta can help keep you a little bit more even mm-hmm. keeled, I guess. Um, and also it gives you a huge boost of energy as well. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of benefits and we didn't do it with, uh, Grayson, but we did do it with Logan and I thought it was absolutely worth it. Yeah. There are many different ways you can consume your placenta. Encapsulation was the one that I could wrap my mind around the most, but you could fry it up you want to just like stick it in an egg burrito (laughs) so it's definitely like a gross thing like i think it's gross yeah um and if you're out there and you're thinking oh my god this is so gross Mm -hmm. like you are not alone Mm -hmm. okay this is not 
I don't know. It just seems freaky, but I, I would say that you definitely had an easier time postpartum with Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I commend you for uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking taking that step and trying that out. Um, yeah. Definitely uh, an interesting thing to try and yep. um, something that worked really well for you. So if, if someone has had bad postpartum in the first, like with a previous birth, and mm-hmm. then they're having a second baby and they're really, really worried about postpartum depression, mm-hmm. this might be something you want to consider trying i don't know again we're not medical professionals right and go do your research it's just a good tool to have like maybe you won't even use it but why not just have it encapsulated or keep it in your freezer or whatever yeah in case you get so desperate six weeks in that you're like i'm willing to try anything at this point Mm -hmm. like i just don't feel like myself yep um Stepping back just for a second, uh, in case you're wondering reasons that you may be transferred to a hospital if you're attempting to have a home birth, is if you have high blood pressure, if labor isn't progressing, if baby is showing any signs of distress, if there's any bleeding that shouldn't be happening, or if you just need some pain relief. Yeah. The midwife, as far as I can remember, does not have any pain medication at all. So if you are just exhausted Mm -hmm. and you just need a break, then it's time to go to the hospital. Maybe get an epidural so you can take a nap. Yeah. I'm perfectly okay. Do you want to talk about cost? Sure. Um, But before that, uh, regarding pain relief, I just read an article on, I think it was on CNN or something, maybe MSNBC, around using THC and CBD during pregnancy. What? Yeah. And no way. It's, it's really bad. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So they found that uh, mothers who used uh, THC or CBD during pregnancy, mm-hmm. the babies resulted with like very similar side effects to fetal alcohol syndrome. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Basically, when you're pregnant, you should just like eat everything natural and like take nothing else. Like Mm -hmm. if they tell you to take supplements, take the supplements, but like don't be messing around with any sort of chemicals or alcohol or recreational drugs or any of that because it messes your kid up a Mm. lot. Yeah. Um, Cost. Yeah. So uh, your, I think at the end of the day, the cost shook out to be about the same for hospital versus home birth. However, Home birth, in our case, was not covered by our insurance when we did home birth, and the hospital birth was covered by insurance. Was it, there am was I, am a I small portion that was covered. Oh, you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, but I think at the I end of the- I think PPOs like, will generally cover some of it. Should we give the specific numbers? I, I can't remember like perfectly the specific numbers, but yeah. I want to say the home birth was like- around six thousand dollars with like the doula and the midwife and all the gear and everything like all yeah yeah that Um, sounds about right the hospital birth i don't remember that was so long ago that i'm I'm having a hard time remembering exact numbers but Mm -hmm. i think i want to say it was about the same it was it did work out to be fairly similar which is what made the decision easy for us financially yeah Mm -hmm. the financial part was a wash Mm -hmm. so and the way that payment works is really up to the midwife. Ours let us, I mean, we started in so late. Generally, you start that, I think hers was like closer to 5000 at that time, or even still now. Um, you start it, you know, the first time you meet with her, which is probably around eight weeks. Well, we met with her closer to 30 weeks. So it was, I mean, we set up payment plan and everything was great. We yep. ended up getting it all taken care of without any issue. Um 
the I think the number one seller of having a home birth mm-hmm. is the relationship that you create with this midwife, who I think becomes a friend. Hmm. And then after baby is born, mm-hmm. she keeps visiting you at home mm-hmm. for six weeks. So she came over the day after baby was born to check on me and check on baby. And mm-hmm. then she came over like three days later and then five days later and then one week and then two weeks. And like, you just get so used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by six weeks, it's like, okay, you know, this is my last visit. And it's so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm not even going to have any more babies when I'm considering having another one just so we can hang out. Yeah. Um, but it's just so different to if you have a hospital birth and you have an OBGYN, you have the baby, they send you home, and then you don't see the doctor again for six weeks when you come in for your six-week checkup. Yeah. Like, there's so much happening with your body and your emotions in those six weeks. It's so helpful yeah. to have a professional checking in on you. There's a bunch of <clears throat> nice things about home birth, too, that are, that are I think, under undervalued or under I don't know one that comes to mind is that you get to go like after you've had the baby you lay down in your own bed and you go back to sleep right. as a father like trying to get any rest in like a recliner in the hospital mm. is awful yes um and then when the nurses are coming in they like come in to check on the baby like every single hour so you get no sleep for like three days mm-hmm. in the hospital mm-hmm. whereas at home you basically birthed Logan mm-hmm. we laid in bed the doula made us, the doula or the midwife, I can't remember, they made us dinner, mm-hmm. brought us dinner in bed, we ate dinner in bed, and then just fell they asleep. They cleaned up as promised. Yeah, they cleaned up, everything was it great. It was not we as messy like, as the first time around, no, but still. No, it wasn't messy at all. They started I laundry, was, yeah. they got everything cleaned up and taken care of, yep. brought us whatever we needed. Totally. I mean, they were just nurturing yeah. us the way you should be yep. after having labored for mm-hmm. a day. Yeah, so then you're at home and you have all the... Uh, the nice amenities of home mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. and you don't have to transfer you don't have to worry about driving in the car with your one day old baby mm-hmm. or um, even driving in the car when you're in labor yeah. oh my gosh that's uncomfortable i think it's also helpful having having gone through that um having an infant before like when we were in the hospital it was kind of nice to like our first experience putting on diapers and kind of like picking up and handling and learning like all the things you do with an infant Mm -hmm. like some of that was comforting knowing that there were medical professionals that could be like oh actually like here let me help with x y and z but when it's your second kid and you're like super comfortable with all the things surrounding infants Mm -hmm. it's so much easier at home yeah um i don't know it can be intimidating though i felt like if i put a diaper on and the nurse came in and was like what did you just do? That's because like, you put it on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think that I was more intimidated than felt helped. Maybe, yeah. Which is just my own thing with hospitals, mm-hmm. I guess. And at the hospital, you don't know if, like, maybe you're going to run into someone that you know, like, that works at the hospital. True. That did happen to us. That happened to us, yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think in general, uh, that was kind of our, uh, our birth story. Um, and... In the future, I know that you wanted to maybe talk about postpartum depression separately. So we can save that as like a completely separate topic. Yeah, definitely. But. And if you need a midwife and you live in San Francisco, we've got one for you. Yeah. She's incredible. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, also cool. Uh, when we were looking at photos of Logan mm-hmm. the other day, um, so the way that our midwife 
Wade Logan. Does he like wrap him up in this blanket and then it hangs from what is that? Like it's, it's like, like the a, same kind of scale you use at the grocery, the grocery store, store for yeah. like, uh, fruit or something. Yeah. So we have a picture of the midwife weighing Logan for the first time. And so he saw that and he said, mom, can we send her a picture of what I look like now? Oh, that's cool. And I feel like that's so cool that we still have a relationship with this person. Like mm-hmm. I can email her, send her a message and I think she'd be happy to yeah. be able to see a photo of one of her babies all grown up. So <laughs> I guess I'm. <clears throat> Because I'm a relationship person, I'm just all about midwives and home birth. Yeah. The one thing we did not talk about real quick is that you can have a midwife, a certified nurse midwife in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them can do uh, both. Yes. Right? Well, I think it depends on where you live. Okay. Um, but that is another great option. Um, I do see a certified nurse midwife now that we've moved for all of my gynecological needs (laughs) um so anyway that's another option for a hospital birth for someone who might be a little bit more like-minded to what you're trying to achieve from your birth Mm -hmm. so uh we are going to post a picture uh one of the first day of grayson's life and Mm -hmm. one of the first day of logan's life Mm -hmm. and we'll put them side by side and we'll throw Mm -hmm. them up on insta so you can see kind of the difference and it's pretty stark contrast. It is. Um, and we would love uh, any of your feedback. You know, mm-hmm. tell us. You know, if you're if you're interested in sharing your birth story with us, I think we like hearing them and kind of, uh, yeah, letting you vent <laughs> about your birth story and totally. all the craziness of the that Cat Five hurricane that is the day of of someone's birth, their mm-hmm. first their first mm-hmm. day. It's life changing. I mean, it's. It is. I've been surprised on how much those experiences have changed me. Like I, mm-hmm. I think about them often and, um, I finally like processed my way through Grayson's birth. And so it doesn't traumatize me as much, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's surprising to me how much birth affects you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I would say it's very important to do your research, take the time to figure out what you want mm-hmm. because it will change you. Would you be open to um, answering questions that people have if they oh, yeah. are curious about it? Totally. And if if you are if they're feeling changed by birth, mm-hmm. should they reach out and yeah? And see what's I, up? I mean, what helped me the most was sharing my story and like talking it through. So definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. In another uh, episode, I think you should also talk about if you have uh, the chance the um, serve with these hands. Concept. Oh yes, yeah. I think yeah. we would love okay. to share more That's about a good that. Idea. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you uh, this this is running a little long, so we're going to wrap it up. Please, except I want to share the book that I just finished. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. End of birth <laughs> stuff. Talk about the book uh, you just finished. I oh just, my god, <laughs> I just read. Well, I'll listen to. I guess um, the book called Over the Top, mm-hmm. written by Jonathan Van Ness, mm-hmm. and he's one of the new queer eye guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was good. It was, I think, maybe the first audiobook I've listened to from beginning to end. And I highly recommend listening to it in audio form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to part of it with CJ last weekend. What did you think? I thought it was fun. I think uh, he he's a really fun storyteller and mm-hmm. the way that he, I mean, he is over the top and it's, yeah. uh, it's great to yeah. listen to how she yeah, it was, explains stuff. Yeah, it was fun to... To just listen to the whole story and um, 
yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. So I do recommend that. I am at the tail end of a book too, uh, called Never Split the Difference. I don't Mm -hmm. remember who it's by, but it was recommended by my friend Jen on Facebook. And it is, uh, it's a really good negotiation book. Uh, I've been pulling out some of these tricks on Logan, (laughs) trying to negotiate him to go to bed, uh, negotiate with him to go to bed. So, um, yeah, hit us up on Insta at a Villa theory or we're just like, we're just starting uh, Instagram. So we're going to share some more stuff there and more content. And also kind of like, that's one way that we can share some more visual things with you. And so it's not all audio. Um, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Villa Theory, or if you want to send us an email, hello at avillatheory.com. And if you send us an email with an MP3 or an audio file attached, then we'll play your question and we can answer your question live on air. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's cool. I think it'd be awesome to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Northern Nevada and you want to just stop in and be a guest, let us know about that too. I think we're going to start mixing it up and bringing people on. So um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for we listening. We love you. We love you. You're awesome. All right. Peace. <laughs>